Oh, let's go. It's the Plank Show on the rep. I am beyond jacked to be in studio, Josh. Beyond jacked. I finally got caught up on a little sleep last night. It was a late night, though. But still, I finally... I, dude, I, I snoozed like crazy today. I was like a kid running late for school. This doesn't happen to me very often. No. I'm a routine-oriented 48-year-old man with three kids, two that are very needy and have a lot of responsibilities and always require you to be up basically before the crack of dawn. But after yesterday's early, early morning call, I think I hit snooze a new record today. I think it was like five times that I did it. And finally I looked at it and thought, it's like 8.10. You probably need to get going, dude. Got to get moving. (laughs) Got to get moving. You must have needed it. I don't know. I was in the middle of a wild dream that involved the whole 2023 offseason for the Raiders has been a wild, bad dream, and that this isn't really the roster we're going into the season with. But, yeah, it's, um, I, I feel like I'm running behind today. See, it's an awful feeling. You're sitting at a stoplight, and you're like, geez, I'm, I'm usually supposed to be here by this time. But oh, hold on. Other people think that way, right? I'm not. Oh the yeah. Cra- okay. Oh yeah. I'm not the crazy person that has the the benchmark spots where if I'm here by this time, I'm good. Like if I'm if I'm at the where, where you turn to go to Noble. I don't know street names around here off Highway Nine. If I'm there by before Toby goes to his last break, I'm golden. Yep. I'm you're good. But whenever I get there, uh, actually, and it was a little bit closer up. And I'm like 10 minutes behind what I should be. Everything is frazzled and thrown off, right? <laughs> so I'm not alone in this. I'm not no. the only one. No, there's landmarks. Landmarks that you follow. I, I was thinking about this last night. Some might say you just admitted to basically sleeping in as late as you possibly could to get to work on time today, number one. Welcome so, to the summer. So whenever I say this as an idea that I had, I know one natural response will be, so let me guess, you woke up, you didn't get to read Shehan J. Rogers' article, so you think that it'd be a funny bit to just do it on the air. I'm like, I understand how you could feel that way, based on the evidence in front of you. But Josh Helmer, I'm here to tell you, I have purposefully ignored everything about Shehan's CBSSports.com article projecting the entire Big 12 season. I, I, I saw it, I, I saw his tease about it. I think he brought it up and started going back and forth with Red Dirt and a few people on Twitter.com. But I love Shehan. And I was, we talked about it yesterday. Our minds were blown whenever he was shocked that Brent Venables would talk about a 10-plus win season. Like, I just think it's kind of assumed. I never knew you weren't supposed to say that out loud, but it's Oklahoma. It's a blue blood. They expect 10 or more in titles. Uh, but, so I purposefully, when I saw it, I thought, ooh, this might be spicy. But I'm going to save it for the air because, A, it is uh, – what is it, A? It is June 20th. Happy birthday, Mom. Oh, happy birthday, Mama Helmer. How, oh, I almost said how old. You can't ask that question. But happy birthday to Josh's mom today. Very young. But as I look at the schedule, Thursday is the NBA draft. And, and, and I know that there is some generated buzz in, in all the storylines locally, but we all know, right – you're not going to know what Sam Presti is going to do. So Thursday's a nice surprise. So leading up to it and all this hot talk about what the Thunder might do, like, you don't know. Sam freaking Presti, man. He operates in the in the shadows. So I, I'm i excited about it, but I also realize we got about a 
And College World Series is going on. Oklahoma isn't there, but ORU's alive, so we've been all in on that. But we're getting into a stretch, Josh, where content is going to be thin whenever it comes to the live sports world, right? I love baseball, but if I came in here and spent 15 minutes of my opening segment complaining about the Dodgers' bullpen, I have a feeling that the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line would not appreciate that, right? Maybe not. So my, my point is content is becoming thin in the live sports world. So with that in mind, when I saw this, it was purposeful. It wasn't lazy. I got up late. I had to race to work. You saw it and said, I'm waiting. I'm, I'm waiting. So you want to set an appointment at like 10 a.m. to go through this sure. together? All yeah. Right. I, I have I, – I won't spoil anything for you. I have read through. Okay. I know, I know what he's predicted. Okay. I, I mean – on a scale of 1 to 10, with 1 being, oh, yeah, we're going to have a blast with it, 10 being this is going to be triggering and it's going to burn bridges with a guy that you have on shows with you a lot, <laughs> where, where did it fall in that scale? Uh, uh-oh. You're, are you hesitating on the make-you-angry side? Well, I don't know if I should spoil it. Okay, okay, then let's not. I'll stop. And I'm not even kidding, dude. If I saw you tweet about this yesterday, scroll right by. Or if I saw it, boom, man. It's like, not I'm, personal. I am nothing against y'all. I'm saving this for the air. All right, cool. But there we go. Coming up at 10 a.m. this How morning. How has my poker face been? Pretty good, because I can't really tell. I mean, I'm good. Yeah, I'm having to do part of my morning routine here that I don't that I'm normally doing at home. So yeah, there's my eye drops, the inhaler. We're, we're good to go now. Um, because in the midst of being someone who is suddenly living like a 13 year old's life, sleeping that late. I also am still like a 13-year-old with asthma that has to be taken care of. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Yeah, it's okay. So, I'm pumped about this. All right, 10 a.m. this morning for Shan Raja, and we'll go through his list. And I, I'll reach out to him. I mean, he comes on Big 12 today with us, I think. I think he's, he's been on with us He's before. an awesome guy. He is. So, uh, we'll go through it. We'll see how triggering it becomes. Beyond that, beyond that in the college football world, I have one more list that I put together for you. Because I don't, I don't know why. Maybe it was because it was a vacation. I had a week to, to listen to a lot of things and consume a lot of different previews and perspectives. But I've got a top five list for you this morning, Josh, of off-season college football storylines I'm already tired of. And I hate to blow <laughs> it, but I do think number one is the greatness of Quinn Ewers and how Texas is back. And I understand – all of this has to be couched with, well, 49 to zeros. Yes, we understand it. But as the legendary lyricist Keith Burns once said, the Lord put my eyes in the front of my head, Josh, not in the back. So I'm supposed to be looking forward and not behind me. And with that said, bro, I, I understand the preseason hype of the offseason. You want to nerd out on this for a little bit here? On, on the, yeah, absolutely. Okay. I understand because I, I nerded out on it last night. I understand the normal offseason hype of Texas is back. I, we see it every single year, right? Every single year, and it's only amplified by the fact that, oh, you had a bad season. Is that what it is? No doubt. Okay, because my point is – It's like ripe to say – Texas is going to win this league, and they're the best team because Oklahoma is coming off a down year. Mm. And I do think – I know you get mad, and I know Sean gets really mad when I bring this up, but I do think when you look at 
other defensive-oriented coaches in some of their first seasons at the schools where they're very successful. There were questions about those programs. Now, n- neither one of them, I think, fell under 500. But my point is I am I'm wondering if that adds to it. Because my point I was going to make, Josh, I get it. I don't know if I've ever seen it quite to this degree before. I and, and I and I do have to catch that because I don't see people saying, oh, they're gonna go win a championship, right? I don't see a lot of people saying they're gonna go win a national championship, but it just seems as if it's pushing right up to that level of eh. Georgia's three time our back to back champs, Alabama's gonna be good, Ohio State's gonna be in that conversation. Obviously, OU's gotta work their way back into that conversation. But who am I leaving out? Um, and maybe Clemson, but they've dropped the last couple of years, right? Some think that, yeah, maybe they could be right back in the, the mix True. of things this year. Outside of those handful of teams, there's not a lot of buzz about anyone else winning a national title this no. year. But it seems as if like we're pushing the Texas narrative to that point right now. It's, I hate it whenever people talk overly nice about my team. Now, whenever I'm like, oh, they're saying a lot of nice things about him. Because in that – I that just always – I'm like, Bad karma. That, that seems like bad karma. Yeah, Because every can't. time you guys no say way. something, it's wrong. No way this is good. All right, so I'm not – this is – I'm not crazy number two question of the day. I just feel like it's it's more Texas is back. And it's kind of evolved, too, in – boy, they've got a, a guy that could become a an NFL starting quarterback, a franchise guy in Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers, you look at mock drafts. I mean, we're talking he's, he's top five, he's top ten everywhere you look. I went on in, uh, in the aftermath of the SEC schedules coming out. Mm-hmm. Somebody from Louisiana reached out, LSU-type station uh, from Lafayette, and, and you know, just wanted to talk, hey, wh- what's the reaction from Oklahoma fans? And one of the things David Schultz said on the way out the door, oh, I know you won't like to hear this, but Texas is going to do this and that, and they're <laughs> going to go down to Tuscaloosa like and win. I said, well – no, I don't have to worry about that because Texas ain't going to Tuscaloosa and winning. <laughs> he said, what? But it, that's out there. People feel mm. that way. And I wonder, it, it's kind of funny. It's kind of funny because I shouldn't, I shouldn't allow myself to get hooked in on these types of things, but I always do. It's, it's like my, in, my head is going to explode with some of the people that you think have the inside scoop on conference realignment. I mean, my head is going to freaking explode. I tried to explain it to my wife last night. I, I tried to explain it to normal human beings, not crazy-fied sports people. And when I laid out my frustration over how conference realignment is being reported and talked about, I'm not kidding. My wife looked at me like I was a crazy person. She's <laughs> like, I've got no idea what you're talking about. I'm like, see, you don't get it. I, I digress, though. So college football, top five storylines. I'm already tired of the offseason coming up later on in the program. See, it's list season, Josh. I can relate to you on the, uh, on the wife. It's like <laughs> the girlfriend. So USC and UCLA are joining the SEC? <laughs> no. no. You've, you've got it all back. Oh, gosh. What do you mean? And then I'll get real angry when I'm trying to answer the question. And it's like, why are you mad about this? I'm like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's look around you. It's because it's this house. It's, we're not here without these stupid store, uh, sports debates. And now I found myself always trying to be higher and mightier and like, ah, pff, not going for that low-hanging fruit. Last night, I'm sitting there reading another Quinn Ewers uh, I don't puff get, piece. Puff piece, thank you. 
almost said something else. <laughs> I, was, I could stop myself. I'm like, we might need to run that one by everyone and see if it's okay to use. But I'm just, I'm in utter shock. Because it's, I don't know if people watched the games last year. I don't know. I, if you're getting that from the Quinn Ewers that I saw in 2022, then... Yeah, I don't know if we're watching the same sport. And, and there was some good. I mean, he was sure. he was very good against Oklahoma. But guess what? A lot of folks were very <laughs> good. He's very good in that first quarter against Alabama, which if I have to hear about it again, I'm going to absolutely – I'm going to lose my mind. He's like, Quinn Ewers, he kind of struggled last year at times. Like, yeah, but you know, first quarter against Alabama. I mean, th- this is very much a, a June and July conversation, so you better not be making fun of me on the text line right now. He looked like a young quarterback. He did. So you're counting on if you're one of these dudes whom I respect and is talking about the greatness of Quinn Ewers and how amazing he's going to be. Josh Helmer, I just have to accept that this is a combination of picking a handful of moments, grading the flashes, if you will, which, again, that's why Wanye Morris was a guy that was a top 100 pick in the NFL draft, grading the flashes, the massively good moments over the massively bad. It's like if he can do that, then – I can coach that into him. So you're you're taking those moments, you're adding in the amount of hype that he had as a high school player, right, and being a five-star guy. You're adding that in. And I guess also what, a, a little dash of maturity and a little – because I'm just – I'm having a hard time coming to this Quinn Ewers is going to be a franchise NFL quarterback – and Texas, hands down, has the best quarterback in the Big 12 right now. And also part of this, too, is I'm looking at the Big 12 preseason ballot, and I, I really think Quinn Ewers is going to be the first team pick, and I just don't know how, and I don't know why. So I'm having a hard time coming to grips with that whole storyline slash narrative with Ewers. Am I crazy? No, I don't think you're crazy. And, and let's – you know, obviously they've, they've got a lot of replacing to do, production mm-hmm. in the backfield – but uh, the skill guys are really good. We, we know that. Xavier Worthy, hey, I, I got it. Whittington, uh, Sanders, I mean, there's, there's talented guys right. to go catch the football. And, and the one thing I keep hearing about Texas or that is out there that you see people writing, talking about is this is uh, maybe the best offensive line in the Big 12. Okay, well, show me that, and all of a sudden I'll get a little bit more on board. Not necessarily that yours is this can't-miss quarterback but maybe he's not going to have to be superman all the time and if that's the situation okay maybe they are the best offense or this or that in the big 12 but right now where we sit today based on the last decade plus of evidence you don't have me convinced so at 405-651-3439 i mean am i missing something here and i understand texas fan trolls a myriad of 49 to 0 texts would come in. I understand that. We have to accept it. But beyond it, beyond it, I mean, it, one game doth not make a superstar. What am I missing in this offseason love fest with yours in Texas? I guess it is that supporting cast, too. I wonder if part of it is that people still think they're not buying into the Arch and On theory. They still think he's really good. We'll talk about it coming up. Uh, all right. Busy show today. Coming up a little bit later on in the program, we are going through the CBSSports.com preseason. Every time I bring it up, you kind of exhale a little bit. I'm no, I haven't even looked at it, man. I'm, I'm ignoring it, but we're gonna we're gonna do it together. We'll do it live. Coming up at 10 a.m. Plus, when we come back, uh, text line 
early thoughts on the <laughs> number one in my top five list of offseason college football storylines I'm already tired of. Got college baseball. We'll talk some ORU. I, I was hanging out with Mike Farron last night, so we got a lot of good perspective on what's going on in Omaha. And the draft is Thursday. Thursday, Josh, and apparently the Thunder may be active. It's busy Tuesday. We're all over it right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the show with Josh. I'm Plank. Did you have a good night? Anything exciting going on in the Helmer household outside of Mom's birthday today? Yes, happy birthday, Mom. I love you. Thank you for everything. It it was a good night. It was a good night. Uh, I taped a couple of podcasts. Uh, You know, 9 o'clock on Mondays we do our Locked On Sooners Live, which was – was exciting because John was out. Happy anniversary to John and his oh, wife. So I was, was available if he wanted to hang. Oh, I'm not going to, you know. You know, I, we got to talk because we, we're going to have to do something like right before that 4th of July holiday. You know, because with everything kind of, mm. I don't know if it's been talked about. But yeah, do we, do we get to spill the beans? No, we, I, we're not. Look, man, I, I'll tell you what. I don't know what's going on around here, by we the way. We still don't have a T-shirt, so it's we, da- right, we don't We don't footing, have a T-shirt. Number two. Uh, I'm listening to TJ promote the Corn Ferry Tour, which is coming in. Compliance Solutions Championship. Uh, and it's hey, and, and you can listen for your chances to win right here with Toby and I, with Parker and Steely, and then with, with Tyler and Ted in the afternoon. I'm like, we, we, I, I'm telling you what, the signs are all around here, Josh. No Corn Ferry tickets to give away, but everyone else has them. A little bit hurtful. A little <laughs> yeah. bit hurtful. I, I also took note of that last week. I was like, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> Look, uh, win your chance to get behind the ropes with Toby and TJ. <laughs> get his uh, hospitality passes from Steelman and Thune. And, and this forget afternoon, forget about the plague show. Right. And then this afternoon, you can win a spot to play in the Corn Ferry Tour. Uh, but nothing for Plank. <laughs> I heard, and that hurt a little bit. But no, I, I, I'm, um, what, I'm. What about you? What, what happened last night? I'm still trying to figure it out. I don't know. I was watching uh, the daughter's home. They don't go to school now, so they're always there. It's like, oh. Don't you leave and go to school now so I can crank up all my podcasts and listen to them like a moron in my house and listen Vacation to Vacation Bible school is something going on. Right. I, well, I got one kid gone at that right now. So I, I got one, and then I got the other one that's just still around all the time. But no, in, in all seriousness, I had a lot of we had a lot of chill time yesterday, Josh. So there were honeydews that were taken care of around the house. Good. Yeah, but, you gotta do that. But it, I bring it up because in that I watched a lot of college baseball yesterday. And not just because we're doing the, the post-game show, but I watched a lot of college baseball yesterday. And I thought I thought we were treated to two incredible games. The wind started blowing in, so you saw Tennessee play a different game against Stanford. You saw two teams that have combined for over, what, 200 home runs this season. And uh, Alabama – Alabama, listen to me. I'm in a I'm college football mindset <laughs> with Wake Forest. And LSU, and they didn't hit any home. I mean, there were zero home runs yesterday that were hit. It was awesome. It did make me a little bit. It made me a little bit sad because I remember what the buzz was like last year at this time. I wish, I wish there was more buzz, and it seems like it's really, really growing around ORU, and understandably so. But from the very you know selfish side of me that got to talk to Toby and and see all the people every day. Omaha is a place that I want our baseball program regularly to be, right? And I think everyone else does, involving everyone in that baseball office. So there's a little hint of, ah, missing out. But somehow you're able to vicariously live through ORU, and it helps that they've been really good baseball games, right? Incredible. It's been one of the best College World Series so far that, you know, start to finish that I can remember. 
each game, the, the, yeah. each game's been good. Eight games. Six of them are one-run games. Wake Forest has only led for basically an inning combined. The half they of, e- of each inning. Right. Here they are, 2-0. and One of the wildest plays I think I've ever seen at home plate in that game between Wake Forest and LSU last night. But I'm, I'm all in right now, man. I'm, I'm excited to see what happens with ORU today. I would love, love for them to get an opportunity to go up against Florida and try to force an if-necessary game. Um, I am, <laughs> I'm telling you what, LSU looked like a team that had their heart ripped out last night. They looked done after that. I mean, they had and no, they have to quick turnaround tonight. That's tough. That, and Jay, uh, Jay Johnson, their head coach. Oh, I, I brought my wrong computer today, but I had the cut from him where they, the last question they asked him was, Hey, who are you? Uh, what, what's your plan on the mound tomorrow night? And he goes, we got nine pitchers available. We're going to somehow find a way to get 27 outs. <laughs> it's like, dang, man. Sounds downtrodden right now. But we'll, I, I'm inviting you all to come in and enjoy this with me because it has been a really, really fun start. Well, start now. We're on the verge of headed to the Final Four in the College uh, World Series. And somebody, TCU Oral Roberts, will advance to the semis and have to turn around and beat Florida twice. David Esker, the Stanford head coach, who has probably best been known in this World Series for putting ranch on his hot dog because they were out of condiments. But David Esker had a four-and-a-half-minute opening statement last night in trying to put the season into words. It was really good. It, it was definitely an innings eater for time and, and segments on Sports Talk Radio. <laughs> but, dude, Josh, I'm telling you what, when he was done talking, I was like, oh, that's pretty awesome. Let's go. So, Stanford – who was it? Stanford and um, that went two and Q. Why am I blanking right now? Virginia. Virginia. Thank you. That's right. I would have the Cavs. Let me tell you something. I could have sat here for the rest of the show and probably would have never come up with that for some reason. The Cavaliers. So this afternoon, one o'clock, TCU and Oral Roberts University, and then at six o'clock tomorrow night or tonight, excuse me, LSU and Tennessee, and waiting on Wednesday is Wake Forest. And Florida, and someone's got to beat them twice, and neither one of those teams were in a position where I thought they ever were dominant in any game that they played. I mean, ORU's got the bases loaded in the eighth inning, and they got the opportunity in the ninth. I'm just, and that's not anything against ORU. That's just saying I think they can beat them. Sure. The, uh, is there anything worse than going to and barbecue when you get to Omaha? Uh, well, Josh – I have a four-minute opening statement from David Esker that would vehemently disagree with you from last night. Really? Yeah. I, Did he vehement. mention that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, well, I'll play. How about this? How about this? It, it's two clicks of a mouse. So I'll play it for you after the bottom. I don't yeah. know, man. That's a buzzkill. It's like. I agree with you, though. It's like it's the gotta year. It's got to suck. It's like the year, oh, you went to the Final Four and just got routed by Nova. Oh, yeah. That was, that was a tough scene. That was a tough scene. It's like it's amazing that you got there, and yet it just ends so frustratingly. Yeah. Um. I. I the the text reaction to the Texas conversation has been surprisingly light. I'm not going to lie to you. A little bit disheartening. So I am I the only one that's not buying this Texas hype right now? Three words <laughs> and you could get it going. Yeah, I know, right? Texas is back. Yeah, but I just it, it's all I've heard about. I mean, everywhere you turn, every. Every college football online conversation. Now, I would say 
was it Josh Pate that was spinning it last night too about hey look out for Texas? I I, I could be mistaken. I probably should. I'll have Cole Kublik on tomorrow. He's going to come on with us at 10 a.m. tomorrow to give us a little bit of perspective on what he's seen. But I just I don't know, dude. I'm in a position where I'm fed up with it, but I I don't think there's anything that we can do to stop it. And I don't think any – there's a handful out there. Like, uh, Andy Staples, hey, that looks really good. Things, things are trending in the right way. But you're not going out there and saying, oh, national championship. They've got an opportunity, though, to really, really land an early right hook if they can do something against Alabama. But I'm here to tell you right now. I'm here to tell you right now, Josh. I am absolutely, unapologetically not in on Texas. <laughs> and I know that's not breaking news in any way, shape, or form, but I just can't. I just can't. So, 405-651-3439. I, I, this was interesting, though. I know that, oh boy, who sent this in was like, ah, I don't know. I'll, I'll keep you anonymous because I do think this is a fair point. And I think someone looked at it and say, all right, so playing, playing amateur psychologist here, you're getting, all, you're getting all fired up about something, and maybe it's a direct result of what's being said or not said about Oklahoma. Okay, fair enough, but I don't think – I don't think my frustration over the Texas's back storyline, Josh, which is constant and consistent, I don't think in any stretch of the imagination that it's – what's the word I'm looking for? Magnified in my mind the disdain for it because Oklahoma wasn't very good last year. I just think – like I saw it. I'm still blown away with some of the games that they won. And I know everyone's high on Sark, but with my eyes, did I see physically impressive athletes? You bet. And is it hard to take anything that I say with any kind of truth whenever you got 49 zip to throw back in my face and that's fine? Dude, I'm telling you right now, not impressed. I th- they, they made a lot of dumb mistakes. I think the thing that uh, – I'm not surprised to see Texas as a favorite. And probably they deserve, based on just the skill guys, et cetera, et cetera, to be in that spot. I think what has surprised me a little bit is the amount of confidence – in Texas as the Big 12 favorite. Yeah. It's, is overwhelming. Yeah, it's it's not even like a like a hesitation. No, and there should be. Why should you explain to me why you should be confident in Texas? Oh, that's a great question for Sports Talk Radio. Throw that one out there because I can't find a way. Because Quinn Ewers is uh, after a not so good season expected to be a top 5 draft pick. But, but but I did I didn't want to read this and I'll keep it anonymous. He said, "Keep this in mind. Oklahoma's declined in the last couple of seasons, haven't played for the conference title in the last two years, and went six and seven. I think the national people are seeing that. Now, I think they're wrong, but I also, in in answering the question, or bringing up the angle that he brings up, I think maybe, too, that kind of clouds, for some, a a lot of people's opinion because it's just so... Anti, I don't want to say anti-Oklahoma. It's not like an Oklahoma versus the world mindset, but it's just – it's not very positive and favorable right now. And I'm sure there's some that would say it was so positive and favorable last year and you went six and seven. Fine, fair. We don't need to have that conversation if you don't want to. But I'm just here to tell you right now, I, I don't think Oklahoma's struggles last year have anything to do with the way that I'm viewing this right now. I'm just not someone that is seeing that right – I – I think a lot of this comes up, too, because we got a Big 12 ballots in the in the mail the other day, well, email. And you kind of start thinking, gosh, who is who is the preseason number one in this conference? Because some would say, I oh, just take the defending champ, throw him in there, 
champ till someone knocks him off. And, and Kansas and, State's got a chance to go back to sure, back. Sure. Howard's a nice quarterback. Oh, gosh. Kansas State. TC. I was thinking TCU because Kansas State beat him in the conference. That's right. I keep forgetting that. But so, okay, Kansas State even in that man. man I'm thinking TCU. You're thinking Kansas State. Either purple works for me. But I, it, that's not the case. Everyone seems to be losing their mind over Texas. Mm-hmm. It, it, it appears to me, Josh Helmer, that they're going to be a rather significant, significant victory for them in that preseason poll. Like, I don't see, I don't see a ton of shared first place votes when there should be. I hope I'm wrong. But I get the sense from the people that I've talked to that it will be largely Texas. It, it will be a largely shaded Texas preseason number one in the Big 12. And let's see if they can match said expectations. All right. All right sorry. That's, that's 30 minutes of me losing my mind. Remember the whole show yesterday was me getting mad at one texter, which is pretty much how this thing goes. <laughs> this entire show today is, is me getting mad over uh, one, one Twitter post and then diving into the whole – Quinn Ewers, is he potentially QB2? And I talk about behind Caleb Williams. Like, <laughs> what? Now, wait a second. Weren't there, other, weren't there other stories that have you irritated as well? Oh, gosh. Well, I mean. College football stories it, it that is a, It you? is a top five list, but I'm going to spend more time on number one. And that is, I'm so tired of the Texas is back narrative whenever we're, like, creating this greatness of Quinn Ewers. All right, I'll, I'll get to two through five later. I promise there is more. Yeah, well, I'm just curious. Yeah, what else uh, you're tired of hearing about in college football right now? <laughs> Number two, Alabama. And we'll tell you why next right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. Flowbots, right? Oh, it's right in front of my face. Handlebars. Loved this song. All right, I, am, uh, I was hoping to effort the audio of Nick Saban chatting with Joel Klatt, and I got it right here. <laughs> okay, you found it? I found it, but I'm having – I brought the wrong – in addition to oversleeping, I brought the wrong computer in with me today. Uh, the problem is it's a 19-minute clip, so I in, in the next commercial mm. break, you'll hear from Nick Saban. Let's kind of set the scene here as we welcome you back into the Plank Show on the ref. ORU in action coming up this afternoon in college baseball. Anything else from last night that we need to be bringing up? I'm like sure if we do our little reset of what's going on in the sports world, everybody. I, I'm sure there's some MLB scores that no. know, some folks care about. Baseball's but, done to me. If it's not college baseball, it's dead. I don't know. I don't know of this sport that you're talking about called Major League Baseball. N- nor do I. S- simply not. Exa- I'm just waiting on a new ballpark in Kansas City. This is a very spoiled fan take from a team that's won nine straight division titles. But um, get w- get rid of your worries. You can always go downtown. We'll see you in Kansas City. I think one of the reasons why this story done blowed up, and thank you, thank you to those of you who have started to to tell me that I'm not a crazy person for buying into this Texas hype. I almost feel like. Many of us have been so defeated, we just accept it. It's like, oh, I guess Cam Rising's going to be okay. Yeah, 49 to nothing. <sighs> Whatever, man. So I, I appreciate that I, I'm not the only one. But is this story with Nick Saban and what he said only a big story in our world, our, our college football world? I'm going to play the audio to set the, the stage for you, though. But he basically, he basically questioned the selection process for the playoffs in one sense. Here, here's the first quote, and, and we'll play it so you get full context. All we do is take the teams that win the most games at the end of the year and put them into the playoffs. But do you really get the best teams? 
when they told me we would be favored against three of the four teams that got in the playoff, I'm like, why aren't we in the playoffs? So, I'm, I, I understand there is a large component of all y'all that think, oh, there needs to be a, a, like a Vegas component to this. There needs to be a, well, what would the spread be? And I'm like, is it? The spread isn't made to like, well, it, it's, it's made to induce one side of betting. But I, is it always right? I mean, no. So I, I've never really understood this way of thinking. But I'm telling you right now, Josh, it's not a hill that I'm like standing on and defending and thinking, no, this is, this is how the playoff team should be selected. Well, I there, there's a part of me that's like, eh, yeah, I might have a point. You nailed it too. With folks always with, you know, Vegas spreads or odds think, okay, this means Alabama's 13 and a half points better, right? According to Vegas or this this uh, this bookie, whatever. You know, sometimes it doesn't mean that they're actually in their minds 13 and a half points better. It means right. that they think that that's going to get the most action equally on both sides of the equation. But to Nick Saban's point, yeah, on paper. Alabama's uh, better than a TCU last season. Maybe better than a Michigan last season. Maybe better than an Ohio State last season. But you know what? Again, the, the games have to count. They they just they have to count. Right. But you know what? In a 12-team model, guess what? You're probably going, Nick. Yeah. I, I, and there seems to be, gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting all the uh, low-hanging fruit debates today. But there seems to be some confusion about exactly how, you know, seven, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, and twelve are going to be chosen. Six automatics, right? And then six at larges. Are we sticking with the playoff committee? At least for the first year, they are. But could that evolve? And what could that look like? But let's just use Nick's point here. Alabama was favored in every game of the 2022 season. It's amazing. Every game. Uh, they went 3-5-1 and one against the spread versus Power 5 opponents. They opened, I'm sorry, they closed as a 13-point favorite against LSU, but lost. So I don't, that's where my, I, I've had a hard time with this. I completely understand what they're saying. But isn't it, isn't it a magnification of a really good team? That when they have those numbers, they cover them and they win games and you don't lose as a double-digit favorite. I mean, that to me is one of those where I step back and think, huh, that is um, that is something whenever you're trying to debate that you would have been favored over three of the four teams in the playoffs, thus you should have been in. If they had been legitimately snubbed, Plank, if they had lost one game, if they take care of business and beat LSU, I guess – Hypothetically, under that scenario, they get into the they'd be in the Big Twelve or the SEC. SEC. So, right. so then they would have had their chance, and and obviously, if you lose that game, then nobody feels bad for you. So, I guess the hypothetical doesn't really work. But let's let's play with the scenario that like they beat LSU, they don't go to the SEC uh, championship game, and they're one lost team, right? Okay, mm -hmm. well now people say, okay, you've got a legitimate debate, but you had your chance. The path was right there to go to the SEC championship game to win that game and to get in, and you stubbed your toe versus LSU. I just can't, for the life of me, I can't, Josh. I don't think I can get on board with, with it. I, I just can't. Now, the record argument is a good one, and part of this is just the brilliance of bringing this up 
in a very down time for college football news, right? I mean, we got recruiting, and that's crazy. But if your team, if your team isn't getting commits, you're like, oh, I'm just waiting around. But this story might be a little bigger because of the timing of it and when it drops, and it's Nick Saban speaking out against it. But I, I, I did like this. The record argument hasn't applied to every college football program equally. UCF, undefeated in 2017, didn't make it. Uh, the only one-loss SEC team to ever miss the college football playoff was Texas A&M. Multiple teams for the Big Ten and the Big 12 also have been left out with one loss. So I kind of feel like that's, that's how it's going to stay when we get to 12. And I don't understand why Nick Saban would question this past season. Well, I, I do because Georgia beat TCU by 100. But I also it's, it's kind of like – we moved on from this yet? Is this is this still going to be a thing? Is this still a thing that I don't hear anyone here saying Alabama got hosed? No. Now I am going on with Ryan Fowler in Tuscaloosa later today, so I'll ask him, and maybe he'll be like, "Oh no, 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 it's a conversation around here." But I just I don't really know if going with the we would have been the favorite is is something I can jump on board with. When you lost two games right. and had your One destiny year and favorite, it's Alabama. You you've recruited so well. You've got arguably this side of Georgia, maybe mm-hmm. the best roster in America. Nobody feels bad for you. You lost two games. You don't get to go. 405-651-3439. You can hit us up on that Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. Also, it's a good day to pick up the phone and call us. 405-329-9000. That's the Riverwind Casino jackpot line. We'll hear from Nick Saban. His words next right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back into the Plank Show right here on The Ref. I... I want to tell you something. I listened to a lot of the Nick Saban stuff during the break, just trying to queue up a few things. I think his take on, hey, we, we would have been favored in three and four, and that being like a headline they took from it, that the you know the playoff and at least the selection process should be should be maybe adjusted. And are we getting the four best teams? That's that's become a headline thing. I honestly, Josh, I think that's about the least impactful thing he said and the stuff I've heard so far was it very just in the midst of conversation very passing thought yeah yeah it was but I there is a lot of this that's really good I'm, I just want to start playing it what else did he have to say well I, I just I'm not kidding dude it was all really good as I was going through it with with Joel Klatt now I know I'm very guilty of asking long questions Yes, it's, it's been a it's something I've worked on my entire career. Just when you have a guest on, spit make, it out, make your question shorter than theirs. And, you know, you don't have to get all caught up in all of trying the to show how smart you are. Right. I don't need to tell you how smart I am. I just need to ask my damn question. So there, there is a little bit of that that's going on here. But I mean, I'm not like trying to take a shot at Joel Clatt or anything, but it's like, dude, ask the question. So here was the question about parody. This was, as I listened to this, I was like, I think this is the best thing from at least what I've heard of this whole okay. thing. Okay. Uh, parody is, is parody good for college football? Or is it, well, it, it is coming? All leagues want to create parody. If you look at the NFL, mm-hmm. you know, they, they would love for everybody to be 8-8 eight and eight going into the 17th game of the season because every fan base and every city – would be excited about what's the outcome of the next game. So parity creates a lot of excitement. I think it's harder to do in college football because we have so many different teams 
and the fundamentals are different at the University of Alabama and as, as opposed to another school. And I don't want to mention another school, but a one double A school, a division two school, even a lower half, you know, division one school, the money's different. The dynamics are different. The investment that's made in the athletes and the program are different and the value created for the athletes is different. So um, it's not all the same. So if we were going to create parity, we would have to take, okay, this is a group of 60 teams or however many, I don't know what the number is. And these are the four or five leagues that we're going to have and we may consolidate them. And we're going to try to create parity in a more refined group. Sure. I don't think that's the only way. That's probably the only way that you could accomplish that. I get what he's saying, but then again, the same thing. I'm like, well, so what? You trying to tell me you're going to try to cut budgets around here or increase budgets? Yeah, no, it's just. I felt like he wanted to name a team, but he kind of stopped himself. No, I, I think that he he realizes, <laughs> you know, Alabama's not like Vanderbilt is not like, you know, and. He's not trying to be disrespectful to anybody. I but think we, you're but right. you and I know that. Yeah. Everybody knows that. He, he like stopped himself. He's like, you know, Division One, Division Two. <laughs> we'll go more in depth on this next.